Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome back to the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. I'm your host, Jan Pratt, and your partner in this amazing adventure into parenting through the arts. Today, we have on a guest whom I met earlier this year when she and I participated in a mastermind together. And from the first moment that we connected, the heart that she has for the work she does and the people that she works with came shining through. So I cannot wait for you to get to know our guest today, who is Judy Sway. Let me tell you a little bit about Judy before we dive into all the good juicy bits. Judy is a word stylist, story coach, and business strategist who works with wild-hearted female entrepreneurs to brand their story beautifully and get seen. Being authentic is becoming increasingly important in our online world, and Judy shares the tips, tools, and insights on how to attract your ideal clients in a way that converts to genuine revenue with her signature program, Six Figure Storytelling. Welcome to the show, Judy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so grateful that we've been able to stay connected since meeting earlier in the year. <laughs> you too, and, and it's been so fun to see how your journey has evolved in, in really just the last eight months and the people that you've been able to impact their lives and, and really help them to tell their stories in a bigger better and bolder way. So thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I want to go back to the beginning and something everyone listening should know is Judy's also an author and a mama. So she has lots of great stories to share with all those things. Today, I want to talk really specifically about the art of storytelling and writing. And as we head back into the new school year, really talking about the importance of that skill set and what we can do as parents to sort of foster that. So let's go back to the beginning when you knew in your heart that you were meant to be a writer. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good story. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, it's funny because when I was little, I always had been told that my mom was a writer and my parents are Chinese immigrants. So, you know, what I've known about my parents is that my mom was a teacher when she was in Taiwan and, you know, she was a writer. As I grew up, I discovered that that's not actually the truth, but that's what I understood when I was younger. So um, she just loved writing. It was just like a passion for her. And I loved reading when I was young. And I just, you know, I think my parents were so busy as immigrants that they, they were just trying to figure out their lives here in the States. And so we were left to fend for ourselves in a lot of ways. And I'm the oldest of four. So I remember being in fourth grade and my friend Charlie, who is a girl, um, was sitting next to me. And, and in fourth grade, I guess we had like the school newspaper. Paper. And by school newspaper, I meant that like 
kids wrote articles and then it was Xeroxed on like the giant Xerox machine. <laughs> <laughs> the memories. Yeah, exactly. So she showed me what she wrote and I was like, oh, I could do this. <laughs> and I had no idea, but I was also very competitive as a younger child. And like, you know, I had the type A personality. So I just started writing and, um, from there, it was just like breathing for me, and mm -hmm. I always loved it. It's been a lifeline in so many ways, um, and the impact and the connection that I've been able to create through telling my own story and hearing other people's story has been phenomenal. And Charlie and I stayed friends. We kind of lost contact when we went away to different high schools, but we ended up going to the same college, and and it was totally random because I bumped into her. I watched her cross in front of me at a cafe in L.A. Wow. Oh my gosh because we still look the same to each other <laughs> and I told her that story about how she impacted me and she became an English teacher and I became a writer so uh, yeah she was a how amazing and what a great story to carry through life and then reconnect as adults because it really takes everything to that next level yeah absolutely <laughs> so parents these days have lots of activities to choose from for their kids you know and i find a lot of them these days are running here and there and really trying to provide lots of opportunities for their kids but i know sometimes things like writing and in the gifts and talents that our kids have Sometimes as parents, we don't stop and acknowledge them and celebrate those things. So if parents listening notice that they have a child who loves to write, what can they do to help foster that? Yeah, you know, my daughter is two and a half, and she's a very precocious and adventurous two and a half. So <laughs> Wilder, which she's totally living up to that name. Just <laughs> and, um, you know, she she's loved reading since before she knew what words were, and that was just something that we always cultivated, reading books to her. And now, as she still doesn't know how to read the words on the page, but she's remembered the story. She can remember verbatim back to us and so I think one of the most valuable things that you can do is provide that opportunity to read to your kids you know the the art of storytelling and and I'm always curious as to how authors relay stories and mm -hmm. so being able to bring this diverse world of books to her is really really great and I also try to ensure that we're picking books from different genres and different things that I might not personally be interested in as a general whole like that might not be the book that I go gravitate towards but I want to make sure that my personal take and slant on things isn't impacting her you know natural curiosity so, <laughs> so much so that's another thing and then I think you know, for adults and children, the thing that creates such great, amazing connection is asking questions and listening yes. to the answers. So I think that when you're reading a story, we pause and we ask her questions. We ask her to use her imagination. We ask her to tell us about the character that, you know, she's reading about. And so that way, she's creating that story in her head. And so by the time that she's able to write things and write things down, she's going to be able to narrate, you know, her, her stories or her writing or whatever it is that she wants to pursue. So many good tips, and, and I love that you shared the story of her being able to read this book, even though you know she's not reading yet, because when we had our oldest, of course, I'm a voracious reader. I love to read. I love to write as well, and it was really important to me that from an early age, the kids started having an appreciation for that, so I remember we were dazzled and amazed when we sat down one night, 
and literally page by page, our daughter was reading the story to us. And of course, as parents, we think, oh, oh my gosh, she can read. But we, we did realize after a while that it was not her reading, but she had heard it so many times. And we had acted it out so many times and asked those questions that literally from page to page, she didn't skip a word. So that was such a cool experience. So I love that we have similar experiences in that. And I'm sure there are parents listening who've also seen that as well. Yeah, and I think that for a lot of people, I mean, my husband and I are creative by nature. And so he's also written a bunch of young adult books. I'm really lucky he's a Waldorf teacher. So like that mm. creativity is like bred into our household. But I think that when I say writing and when I say storytelling, there are a lot of people who are intimidated by it. I think we have a lot of notions of what that's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And honestly, every single one of us has a story. I remember, you know, watching PBS when I was very little because that was the only thing that my parents allowed me to watch. We had like been very limited video when we were growing up. And so um, I happened to stumble upon uh, an episode of a show. I don't even remember, but the premise of it was that everyone has a story. And so mm-hmm. the person went through the phone book, the giant yellow pages that we still <laughs> use back then, and it flipped through the pages and just landed on some random person. Then the host of the show would go and meet this person and start talking Mm. to them. And inevitably they would have a story just from living life. You're going to have such compelling stories because you as a unique individual Mm. have so many interesting perspectives. And I think that, you know, if you're encouraging that storytelling in your children, it doesn't have to be this lofty thing. It's just having conversations is a lot of it. Yeah. And that's so important to remember as a parent, because We sometimes, when we have kids, we forget parts of ourselves that used to be very vibrant. And I know when we ran our preschool, we would do lots of hands-on, very creative activities. And parents would always say, well, I could never be that creative. But I would look at something in their life and think, that right there is creativity. The way you're able to organize your finances, the way you're able to organize all of your employees' work schedule and make sure everyone knows what's happening. I mean, I just see creativity everywhere, but that notion of being creative and being a storyteller, like you said, can be intimidating. So what are some things parents can do to let go and, you know, let those walls fall, if you will, to let their stories come out naturally and have better dialogue with their kids? I love that question because my whole thing is authenticity. And so, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned um, how authenticity and being genuine is increasingly important mm-hmm. in the online world. And I've been reading a book right now, uh, or I just finished it. It's called um, What Made Maddie Run. And it's a very sad mm-hmm. story by an ESPN commentator about um, a track athlete who ended up committing suicide. And so it's very sad um, at the heart of the story. But the the observations that she has about social media are incredibly compelling. And I would encourage any parent to listen to it for Mm -hmm. that pure fact alone, because that's the world that we're raising our kids in. And we really try to um, restrict the amount of media that she has fully knowing that at some point she's going Mm -hmm. to be completely immersed in that world. And so there's this crisis of consciousness that's happening because everyone's trying to create their lives to look like a branded magazine. And so there's this disconnection that's happening. So I would say that like the biggest thing to remember is to to know that your child is looking for you to connect with them. And at the end of the day, you know, what we remember are stories. Our brains are programmed Mm -hmm. to remember stories. And um, it's why, 
you know, brand storytelling is so popular in marketing these days because finally people have understood yeah. that since the beginning of time, the things that have passed on from generation through generation are stories. And they don't have to be, you know, the most profound stories. Even just telling someone about like, you know, something that happened to you at lunch the other day is really great. And I think that asking open-ended questions rather than asking like yes or no questions really helps mm -hmm. to foster that dialogue. And then asking the question that goes deeper. So, you know, asking the why behind something is really, um, uh, intriguing and will create more conversation between two people really getting to the heart of the matter I always love getting to the heart of the matter I also think that it's it helps to remove the intimidation factor if you remember that every time that you meet someone for the first time what you're seeking within them is their vulnerability that vulnerability mm -hmm. is what connects us ironically it's also the last thing that any of us ever want to show to each other yes. In the social media world, especially, that's the last thing we want to show. But I can say that, you know, from my professional writing experience, I I used to say that I do touchy-feely writing really, really well. <laughs> so, like, I write from the heart and I write personal narratives. And the amount of feedback that I get from people around the world who I've never met, who just thank me for being able to give them voice to something that they were feeling that they had no mm. idea if anyone else was feeling, is so profound. And so I think that if you're willing to just to be honest with yourself, you know, if you're willing to be a bit more humble or to remove that veil of having to look like things are perfect. Another wonderful book that parents or just any human being, I think, in today's society could look into is Present Over Perfect. I've been reading that and her description of being a mom and being a writer and being like, you know, a, a business owner, all of these things. It's just so incredible to hear someone else take a breath and take a step back mm. and say like, okay, what's actually most important? Is all of this fanfare yes. and busyness important or is this moment important? Yeah, and the authenticity and the genuine, coming from that genuine place, like you said, is so hard because I think as society, we've been accustomed to hiding that because we see it as a sign of weakness. So I really so appreciate that you're helping other people get to that place or come from that place of being very vulnerable and sharing their real life and not hiding behind, like I think you call it the Pinterest life or something like that where your life looks like that. Yeah. And it's a struggle these days. I have a, a 14 year old and she loves to connect with her friends socially and they spend time on social media. So she has this perceived notion of what she wants, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. She likes to cook and bake and save recipes. But there is that fear though about, is she learning to compare and not being who she authentically is because she's trying to be like one of her role models. Mm -hmm. So definitely really tough as a parent to to start letting those walls break down and to publicly come on to a forum like this and share real stories. And yeah. like you said, amazing things happen because people can connect with you at a deeper level because they've experienced maybe something similar or the fact that you really just touched a nerve. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's such a profound gift. And as we are raising our kids in this digital age, I think we need to come back to that place of authenticity and being real and connecting on a deeper level. And I love that we can use this new technology to connect with one another, to really get to know each other, to share those stories, to be vulnerable, and then grow together. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to bringing 
One of the key things that any good writing really comes from is the specificity. So being willing to talk about the specific details and I yes. you think that when you do that, no one's going to understand because how would anybody understand this really specific thing? But what ends up happening is that people can identify themselves in the details. So even if they mm -hmm. haven't gone through exactly the same experience, there's something that happens when you get really specific and honest with your own narrative that someone else is like, oh, I've totally been there. And some of the most powerful pieces of writing come from diving into the things that you're a little bit embarrassed by, that you're yeah. a little bit that you don't want to go to but that's where like the juiciest of content is that's what we want to get into because anybody can be super yes. it takes a really brave soul to get you know to the heart and even with my two and a half year old you know the other day when I was doing some business building work and I was like okay I just need to get out of my office I need to go <laughs> so we went out to Texas heat we took our dog and we went for a walk and my goal is that my daughter sees me having real emotions, but that I'm very careful not to make it her responsibility or her fault mm. or anything like that. So while we were walking, I was telling her, I'm like, you know, I'm a little bit um, distracted and I'm a little bit um, stressed out. I just have a lot of things. And, and the thing that I'm doing with my business is requiring me to grow into a bigger like version of myself. Mm -hmm. It's really nerve wracking and like all this stuff. But, you know, it's not your responsibility. I just wanted you to understand, like, you know, this is some of the stuff that I'm feeling. And she looked at me. Again, she's two and a half. I had her in my arms. She's looking at me, and she goes, Mama, you can do it. You are a big girl person. Oh. And it was, like, so sweet. Yeah. But I being able to see that is going to give her the fuel that she needs to understand that as she moves through life, you know, mm -hmm. like, how to have those real emotions and then how to deal with them in a real way. And it's so fascinating because sometimes we can see our kids as being kids, not appreciating that they have this profound understanding of what's happening around them more than we do sometimes. So to be able to let go and say, and just hear her feedback and hear her encourage you, I mean, what a gift that is <laughs> you know, to celebrate. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I want to shift a little bit to talk about school and I get a bit frustrated sometimes with the experience at school because they're coming from a place of where they're thinking of where they think they're helping the kids grow by helping them balance out their skill set. Mm. So maybe they're really good at this, but they're struggling in this. So let's talk about this weakness and let's focus on that and let's bring that up a little higher, but let's not worry about the fact that you're already a good reader or a writer. Mm -hmm. How as parents can we help our kids to understand and help them accelerate the talents they do have, even though schools aren't necessarily celebrating those strengths? Yeah, you know, I think as you were talking, I was thinking about we definitely need to be an advocate for our child. And so this goes anywhere from my husband and I sent our daughter to a Spanish immersion program. Mm -hmm. and um, recently they decided, because the reason we chose it was, you know, it's not technology influenced, but recently um, we found out that they want to have iPads like in a, in a module that's like designed around technology. So my mm -hmm. husband immediately became an advocate for my daughter and said, you know what, that's not how we operate and that's not why we chose to come here. So is there an alternative? And they were able to come up with an alternative. Mm -hmm. So she'll go to an art class rather than doing that. And so, you know, I think that one, you've got to be an advocate for your child. So coming up mm -hmm. and figuring out like, is there a conversation that you can have with the educator to help 
them understand your approach as well um, because you play a role and my husband's an educator so he knows like how vital it is for parents to play that crucial role instead of just letting the teacher be the one who's handling all of it because they're overwhelmed as it is they have however many students that they have um, so that's one thing the other thing is I like to um, you know, my husband and I, we have this conscious couples, uh, I wouldn't call it counselor, but like this conscious couples couple <laughs> that we talk to. And, um, and it's to help strengthen and enliven our marriage and make sure that we're communicating effectively. And one of the tools that they gave, <laughs> and it's really funny because my husband has also noticed that he's using the same tools that we're learning in our couples counseling with our daughter. Um, but one of the things is like, check your intention of why you're asking this question. And so the reason that I bring that up is because I think that we are so like, we get into the groove of like, let's sign them up for this and let's sign them up for this. And like, let's do that. Cause we think all of these things are going to make it better for them. When in fact, it creates like overwhelm and and they've done studies now that um the decreasing amount of free play that children have correlates um they're not sure if it's directly but it definitely correlates to the increasing rates of anxiety and depression among children mm -hmm. so free play is yeah not having an adult around guiding like how that play should look so taking a moment to step back and check in like why am i doing this why am i signing them up for gymnastics why am i signing them up for music is it because they're actually interested in this or is it because it's something that i think that they should learn and benefit from and then you know if they are um showing interest in something also allowing for them to shine in a way that doesn't feel guilty i think in addition to like having to balance everything out mm -hmm. our society makes it so that if you shine especially as like a girl then there's there's some guilt or shame associated with that like you shouldn't be better than someone else and coming from an immigrant culture that wants everybody to be the same it really takes a lot to like get over that and then feel okay being in your mm -hmm. power especially if things come easy to you i think that that's the other thing is a lot of us just kind of discount the fact that like oh this thing comes really easy to me it's not that meaningful whereas other people look at it and it's like no yeah. that's huge and the amount of practice that you put into it is the part where you're showing up so i think those are really good like ways that you can start to cultivate something for your child and it's so interesting that you touched on the fact that <clears throat> our talents show up in a way that is easy for us, but other people may struggle with that. And it is really easy to overlook them and just say, you know, yeah, I'm good at that, but you know, it's not going to go anywhere because it's not practical. Mm -hmm. It's not the thing my parents want me to do. It's not the thing that I think that I should do. Mm -hmm. So being able to let go of that fear of achieving and then just really moving into that space where things move with flow and ease is such a great place to be. And you have no idea like where that talent might take mm -hmm. you, you know, and, and how that might um, help your life. I, I was just listening to an interview on Girl Boss with Roxanne Gay and she's a writer. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that she had learned from a young age that even though she, like, there are plenty of people who've made a profession at writing, that somehow there's a message shared mm -hmm culture that like you can't possibly make a living at writing and I had that message given to me when I was in college with my friends who were engineers and business schoolers they were like what are you gonna do with an English degree I'm like I'm doing plenty fine thank you <laughs> I think that uh that's another thing you know understanding you never know where it's gonna take you yeah and I think that goes with all the arts in general that people perceive it to be oh you're gonna be a starving artist and how could you possibly make a career from that and like you my mom is Korean so I mean the Asian culture is very different. They value different things and they prize their kids and their achievements um, enormously. So when I set off to go to school, I wanted to go be a doctor. 
because I really felt that was a way that I could help the community, help the world be a better place. And when I went to go start dancing, everyone said to me, well, why would you take that class? Why are you gonna go travel and do this? Because you're not gonna learn anything from it. It's not gonna benefit you. But all these years later, it's so funny to look back now because I ended up changing my degree um, probably my second or third year in college because I just found that that path was not bringing me any joy. It was completely stressing me out. So I had to choose something a little bit different. And the arts became something that was able to transform my life from the inside out so I could show up differently. I could really move into a space that I wanted to be in. And now, you know, as we head into 17 years of running a performing arts school, all those lessons, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I learned along the way and the stories that and experiences I had, I mean, they all help me to tell stories better and help me be a better mom because I have experienced some very strange things some very exciting things. And so now I can use those as lessons for my own kids, but also the kids we serve throughout the week and help them be inspired to think a little bit differently, think outside the box and know that the gifts and the talents they were given are meant to be shared and not in a small way, but a really big way. Yeah, and I love everything that you're doing. That mission is so important. And I think that if anyone's curious about why the arts or, you know, creativity is important, there's a fabulous interview um, with Krista Tippett uh, on her podcast, On Being. Um, mm. It used to be called something else, but now it's called On Being, and you can search it. <laughs> it's something about... Um, the practice of like learning, being, doing. And that was the first time that I learned that, you know, with kids, movement is such mm -hmm. an important way for them to learn because of the way their brains are developing. Yeah. And that's how it's going to, you know, impact them for life. And I was a yoga teacher and I still teach yoga occasionally, but um, when people ask me like, oh, you know, why is yoga important? And, and it's not just for the, you know, keeping your body live and supple and all of that stuff. But it's for the fact that if you have a really good teacher, they are teaching you while you're moving your body and your breathing. So breathing is one of the tools that you have at your disposal to automatically drop you into the present moment. If you can fully completely focus on your breath, it automatically brings you here. And this moment is the only real moment that we're experiencing and the only real thing we have. Everything else is a story in our brains or a story <laughs> from the past or a story from our future. But breathing brings you present. And then bringing in the movement component. And as you're moving, someone's talking to you. You're integrating all of those things so amazingly that if you have an amazing teacher, an amazing class, you could walk away with just such a different experience of yeah. life as it is. And, and that's just so incredible. And I can totally relate to that because that's what I felt when I first discovered dance, that I would walk away and feel like a different person, but a better person. And that I felt like I was getting closer to who I really needed to be and show up as in the world because I had never been exposed to that when I was a kid. So coming to it as an adult was a far different experience. But then now to be able to be on the other side and provide that. And we tell our parents that you know, when you bring your kids to us, yes, they're going to learn to dance. Yes, they're going to learn to play a musical instrument, but that's not what we're teaching them. We're teaching them to be confident. We're instilling a sense of 
be a servant to your community and using your talents for good. We're instilling a sense of having a bigger community and a bigger vision for not only yourself, but sort of those around you. So when I talk to parents, it's fascinating because it's something they don't necessarily consider when they think of a music lesson or a writing course or a writing workshop. They're thinking of the, the practical, like the tactical thing. Whereas you and I, I think we're talking about the it's more strategic. Like what are, who do we want to shape these kids into? And let's start there and then everything else will fall into place. I think it's in business building, like they say that you need to talk about the benefit of the benefit. <laughs> so like the tactical thing is the benefit, mm -hmm. but the benefit of that is all the things that you were talking about, building the confidence, building that creativity. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I am so thrilled that you were able to take some time from your busy schedule and join us on the podcast today. Before we leave, I want to make sure, though, that my listeners can find you and see all the amazing things that you're doing. And I think you have something coming up very soon, right? Yeah. So um, I'm actually getting preparing for an event in Austin where I'll be talking about it. So um, there's an organization called Boss Babes, and I'm sure in any local organization you can find, um, if you're a business builder, you know, support for female entrepreneurialism. So I highly recommend that. Um, but you can come to Facebook. You can go to Wild Hearted Words, and that's the group in Facebook. Um, and you can also go to my website, wildheartedwords.com. And there's just I aim to provide as many resources as I can, as well as challenging you to dive more into authenticity. And so I do a Monday masterclass every Monday in my group. And then um, I'm launching my six signature six-figure storytelling, which I'm so excited about. So if you're a female entrepreneur and you're looking how to really distinguish yourself online and turn that into profit, and as parents, we all know that it's important to be building a sustainable and thriving business, um, come check that out. It's on my website and so excitingly coming up in 2018 we are planning a retreat to Kauai so you know we are originally yeah, from uh, Hawaii that's where my family started our intimate uh, little family my husband and my daughter we met on Kauai so um, we are doing a whole retreat about sustainability so sustainability mm -hmm. in your business sustainability in your life sustainability for, for the planet so there will be organic cooking there will be adventures that only we know because we lived there and um, you know amazing female mentors coming in for money mentorship and mindset work and then writing in yoga so it's going to be so exciting and i will be talking more about that on my website and in the facebook group so wow. sure to come. <laughs> sounds truly phenomenal and i can't wait to see that unfold and and see how that turns out because it does sound like such an amazing experience i may have to reach out to you again and say i'm coming yes, I would love it that. sounds so so awesome but before we head out can you leave our listeners with one piece of parting advice about when they're considering activities for their kids in this new school year, why they might want to look into doing something arts-based mm -hmm. for their kids? I feel like the creative freedom that you get to express yourself as an individual throughout all of your life is going to be so 
just incredibly essential to thrive, to be able to find your voice, however that looks, whether it's singing or writing or dancing, to be able to find a space where you feel free and to have that timelessness is so important. And being able to tap into this reserve of joy whenever things in life get hard, because they will get hard and life does present you with challenges. I think that being able to give your children the coping mechanisms that they mm. are going to need during any time of hardship and, and not pretending to gloss over it like it's not going to happen. It will happen. Some of our children might fall into depression. Some of them might have severe anxiety, but to give them something that they can love for the pure sake of the joy of it mm. is a gift unlike any other. And so that's why I would encourage creativity as paramount to anything else that we teach them. So important and thank you so much because yeah, having that ability to let our kids be creative and let them experience joy as they would experience joy, there's really nothing better than we could, that, that we can provide to our kids than those two things. So thank you so, so much for being here today. And I'll make sure that I put all the links to your websites, all your social media in the show notes as well. So my listeners can find out everything amazing that you are doing. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. To really accelerate your ability to unleash your child's superpowers and raise smarter kids through the arts, we're creating loads of new resources, ways to connect, and ways to celebrate your successes. You can join our free Facebook community by visiting theartsmartparent.com or just search up Raising Smart Kids 2.0 on Facebook. I look forward to seeing you inside our community.